All right. How are you getting on? How are you getting on? You know? Do you know what I mean? Hey, listen. Take those earphones out. Swap the red wire from the blue wire. Turn it into an actual working microphone and speak back to me. Are you okay? Ha ha ha. Joke's on you, Leo. I actually love staying indoors. Ha 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 ha. This is going to be class. It's going to be like Christmas. This is like the snow day. Ha 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 ha. Joke's on you, Leo. I actually love having no obligations. No one to ask me where I am. I'm just fucking sitting and browsing my phone all day. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Take a look at my girlfriend. Ha 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 ha. Joke's on you, Leo. I, so, so, of course, this is the dream scenario. What are you talking about? Are you telling me that we get to stay indoors and there's no excuse for why we have to be leaving and people are just eating shite and people are just watching TV and you just, what? Joke's on you, Leo. I actually love doing that. Well, do you know what? The joke is on me. How ironic, huh? Me. The joking man has, like a clown, custard on my face, egg custard, egg on my face, because I've made a mistake. I made a mistake. <laughs> what am I talking about? How he's, <laughs> how he's doing? <laughs> like Pagliacci, like Pagliacci, the sad clown, with egg custard, tubby custard on my face and tubby belly. On my tummy. I have been a little pig. Hey, or th yeah, you talk about bloody conspiracy theories in Orwellian uh, society that we've turned into amidst this COVID-19 thing. Yeah, what Orwell book is that? Fucking Animal Farm? <coughs> Squeeze suckling pig, my pig. I had a fucking milk tray for breakfast the other day. A milk tray. One layer of it. And then when my wife was like, why did you eat all the milk tray? I was like, don't worry, there's another layer under there. And there wasn't. And I knew there wasn't. I was just biding time. And it's not like I can escape. She's just going to pick up the layer when we're sitting down watching fucking Tiger King. And I'm going to be like, you lied to me today. I'm like, well, fucking, it's, it's something interesting, isn't it? We've been getting on great. First week was touch and go. The first week was touch and go. Now, what are we in? We're into week four. And, um, and are we? I don't even know. The world has changed. And, and, to the, and to the race of men, another ring was made. Because men, above all else, crave jewellery. <sighs> Had a shower today anyway. That's so sad. And it felt good. It's just good. You know, I haven't ironed it. I haven't... Uh, you know, I've been, I tell you, I have been like Tony Stark. No, wait, hang on, let me think of this. Um, I've been my own little Tony Stark in that I've been naked most days. Stark raving naked. And, whatever. And unlike Tony Stark, I have not ironed man. I haven't ironed anything man. I'm not Tony Stark. I'm also, my name's Tony, so whatever. 
<laughs> Leave it, Gary. No, I have been a bloody pig. Pig watch. Pig watch. Had a milk tray for breakfast the other day. I have been bloody pig. I've been bloody babe to pig in the sticky. Eating loads of sticky goods, um, sweets, um, caramels, you know? Hey, do you remember babe to pig in the city? What? Hey, what would happen, do you think? Here, here's a little one for you. What would it be like if babe to had combined with sex and the city? And it was Babe 2, Sex in the City. I think it would sound uh, a little something like this. Two Cosmos and a plate of truffles later, I was pouring my heart out to Babe. Babe, I just want to get back with Mr. Big... Are you a cat now? Yes! Yes! Oh, babe, what'll I do without you? <coughs> Top drawer. My pal Jordan watched a marathon of Sex in the City. Uh, 24 hours he did for Focus Ireland. Raised a couple of hundred quid. Sat there watching Sex in the City. And, um, and I went to meet him the day after. And he hates Sex in the City. And I went to meet him the, the day after. And I said, well, did you enjoy it? He said, no, it was horrible. Yet while I was talking to him, the chap dropped in two references to Sex and the City, like fairly organically. I said, I said something like, oh, the days are blurring into each other. I don't even remember what day it is. And he was like, oh, that's like how your man couldn't remember how he called Charlotte a fucking bitch and a whore. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it's like, man. Go to fucking bed. You know? But anyway, look, guys, we are going fucking raw today. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be, this is going to be, this is going to be two Eddie Murphy films. It's going to be both delirious and fucking raw today. Um, Because I'm getting a bit Lula. I'm getting bloody, I'll say it again, Lula. <laughs> Remember Lulu from Relight My Fire? You'll take that. You got to be strong enough to walk on to the night. Yeah. Got my fire from the other side. Yeah. Nice contribution. Take that. Apparently, um, G. Barlow, Gary Barlow, when he was at his lowest, post Take That, post Robbie at Nebworth, G. Barlow official, that's his Twitter. Um, was smoking 50 spliffs a day, this guy. Uh, more like... Yeah, here we are. Hey, uh, relight my fire. More like relight my spliff, Gary. The read the other Gary. This is awful. This is awful. This is an awful podcast. What is my contribution? What is my contribution to culture and the mind? Amidst an era of disinf disinformation. I say disinfect the disinformation. What am I talking about? Whatever. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one. 
We're going delirious and fucking raw today on the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. And I know, yeah. And I know, yeah. I know that wheat and flour make dough, yeah. Dough, yeah. Need me. Need me. Leave me in the proven drawer overnight. I've been a naughty shite. I've been a naughty shite. <laughs> you got your sourdough starter. Now knead it harder and barter and barter this bread for some goods. Butter this bread for some goods. Get your toilet paper waster. And whatever. <laughs> Little freestyle there about making bread. You've been making some bread? It's great for fighting depression, guys. All you little paliachis out there, huh? You little sad clowns. Doctor, I'm so sad. I don't know what to do. Everything I do makes me sad. You must go to see the great paliachi tonight. The great clown, Pagliacci, is performing in the auditorium tonight. You must go see him. If Pagliacci cannot fix you, then I do not know what can. But, Doctor, I am Pagliacci. <gasps> well, have you been getting any exercise? No, none at all. And have you been eating well? No, like a pig. <laughs> Maybe that's it, then. Thank you, Doctor. When I perform tonight at the auditorium, who shall I say has saved me, Doctor? My name. Is Brezzy. <gasps> Whatever. Anyway, um, you've been enjoying the old Zoom, guys. Getting on Zoom. You just have to press the camera on and then microphone. We can't hear you, Sharon. No, we can see you, but we can't hear you. I'd be Zooming. Who's Zooming who, huh? Who's Zooming who? Tell you, Zoom, uh, Zoom couldn't have planned a better epidemic. Uh, everyone's on the old Zoom. Everyone's fucked off from Skype. This person doesn't exist. I'm ringing you. I'm ringing you. Nothing's ringing here. Hang on. That's a really good... Sometimes you don't even know how good of an impression you can do of Skype until you try. I didn't do it as well there. Fuck. Fucked it. Everyone's on the old Zoom. No, we can't hear you. Holding the fucking, holding, holding the bloody phone up to the chin. Huh? Getting on the old group, the group Zooms. I mean, it's great technology, you know. It's great you can hear everyone. But I don't tell you what conference calls are great for. Fucking clangers. Clangers. Hey, um, now that I have all 16 of you listening and you physically can't hear anyone else, let me drop you this clanger. What was that, Sean? Oh, just, um, I was just saying it's like something out of 28 days later. <laughs> clanger. We're just getting. Uh, what? What was that? Oh, he was just saying you get make sure you get the um toilet paper in now. All right. Clangers. 
uh, I tell you, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear your stories of uh, Zoom clangers. <laughs> Does this make sense to anyone? Any new listeners? They're just thinking, what? What is? What is this? Um, but I, I realize now. I don't. I, I turn into a shy little boy. I turn into a shy little boy uh, on the Zoom because I don't want. I don't want. You know, I'm a quippy. I'm a quippy guy. Huh? I'm like Spider Man, but uh, a comedian. Um, and I'm a quip. I'm a little quippy, little to the side. You know, let's say get one in there, get a little fucking joke in there, and then jump out. You know, that's what as well. Like I think, I think good conversation with Irish people is like football. You're like, all right, here we go, blah, 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 and pass it, pass it, right? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, too much pressure, pass it. Oh, that just reminds me of a guy, a chap. He said this, and blah 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 blah. Bow wow, you jump in. That reminds me of this, and he said this. Ha ha ha, you bow wow. And then there's some people who are like, do you know what actually? Okay, so this is crazy. There was a guy I used to go to secondary school with. Now, I don't know if you know this about my secondary school, but it's like, oh, my God, you've, no, you've, you're, you're holding on to the ball. Pass it. Pass it. Pass the ball. That reminds me of this. It's funny because he ended up blip. Ha, ha, ha. Next one. But if you're like, ha. Do you know what, actually? I've always had, see, I've always thought that, no, no, you're hanging on to the ball. Pass it. But you in the bottom left-hand corner that says it's a camera button. And there's this, there's a, how are you doing that? How are you doing that background? Are you in space? Are you on a sunset? How are you? Are you in, are you at the beach? No, I'm, hey, hey. It, it was a virtual background thing. How do I do that? Whatever. But amazing technology. But just watch out for the clangers, guys. That's not how Irish people talk. Irish people don't say, hey, 15 other people, shut up for a second. Well, I tell you this. It's like, <laughs> I wouldn't be fucking long for you. <laughs> I hate your fucking... <laughs> you know? And that's difficult to do at Zoom. I tell you, and he was... What's that, Sean? I was just saying, hey, and he, would, and he wouldn't be long. Nothing, forget it. Exit the conversation. Um... But it's just a way of chatting. I tell you, though, it's pissed me off, this fucking house party thing, this house party app. Huh? Seems like everyone's in the house. Why aren't they inviting me into the house? I tell you, I've never wanted to see a fucking house burn more. Oh, they're in the house. Oh, and they're also in the house. Wow. Well, fucking burn the house to the ground if you're not going to tell me you're on house party. It's like notifications being like, your friends don't like you. You know, fuck house party, fuck house party, fuck Zoom. I don't mean that. I don't even mean any of this. I'll tell you, though, first thing I'm doing when they lift the ban, going to the fucking wax museum, man. Going to the wax museum. I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have, my birthday's not till October. I'm going to have a birthday party in the wax museum. There's going to be popcorn in little uh, plastic bags. There's going to be sweets. And we're going to be running around the wax museum. Uh, do you remember the old wax museum? Some of you might be too young to remember it. But there was a wax museum off Parnell Street. And outside the front, there was a giant, I think it was Ku Cullen, scoffing half the building. Just, his head just marched into it. It looked incredible. You know the way in America they have like, you'd see, you know, it's a shoe shop and it's shaped like a fucking shoe. You know? You know, Jimmy, Jimmy's Bowlerama. And it's a big bowling ball. Stuff like that. There was nothing like that in Ireland, apart from this Ku Big giant on the outside of it. 
and inside the you know the best thing about it was the maze right and i know bloody reminiscing oh my god he's talking about the maze you know it's it's easy power but i'm talking about it whatever the maze it was the best part of it a maze that was really difficult genuinely to get out of and scary there was fucking goblins in there and it was always you know and it was always weird. You'd go through the maze and then you'd see like two kids, play, you know, kissing each other. Kids. Two six-year-olds just scoring a hole off each other. And you're like, oh, fuck. Get out of here. They'd look at you like deer in headlights. What are you just getting up to in here? Mad. Um, but yeah, it was great crack at the old tunnel. I remember I went, I went for a, a friend's birthday party to the Wax Museum. And in one single room, so there was like a hallway, Bono and bloody... The Beatles were about to be in the next segment. I think we just left the Turtles, right? And then you're in the middle section. And it was like a middle kind of section. And all it had was Superman just standing in there with his hands on his hips. Christopher Reeve, Superman. And um, my mate jocked him, right? (laughs) Gassed up, right? Jocked him. And no word of a lie, right? He jocked Superman. And two steel bars, because it was in a kind of middle section between two halls. Steel bars dropped. And an alarm went off. Locked him in. For fucking Superman. A wax figure of Superman. You wouldn't even have the Arda Chalice getting that sort of treatment. Or the Book of Kells. Superman in the Wax Museum off Parnell Street. The most prized possession. And sure it is now. R.I.P. Christopher Reeve. You know. Spare no expense. And you know what? I would, I'll, I'll say this, right? I think Richard Donner's Superman is the best superhero film of all time. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, blip, blip, blip. I think it's the best superhero film of all time. Uh, and I look, I recently rewatched uh, uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Infinity War. And they would probably be two and three because they're an incredible, that's like comic book joy. But there's so many superheroes in it that you don't see the contrast of what a superhero is against you know, normal humans and how much of an incredible marvel it is to have someone who is so, you know, gifted with these powers of flight and ice breath and laser eyes and super strength and everything like that, you know? You don't really see the contrast. The more and more these films go along, the less you see of normal people and what they're like, and they just become these kind of comic book films. Um, But Christopher Reeve in that film is the best... It's the best superhero film because of his portrayal, which is the best, best. Say it one more. I dare you to say best one more time. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say best one more goddamn time. His Clark Kent, right, is just so unbelievable. I realize I'm very far away from the microphone here. It's so unbelievably good. People slag off Superman because they're like, what? He just looks like Clark Kent. Clark Kent's already a huge enough guy who gets pantomimely big in the comics where he looks like a fucking walking gorilla. But, you know, this, he's just a big guy. But, and they're like, oh, well, if you just, t- if you just took his glasses off, then he's clearly Superman. Not when Christopher Reeve plays him. Or is it Reeves? Whatever. I'm going to say Reeve. Um, because he just, he just embodies this completely different character. He is so bumbling and funny. And his posture and he kind of, you know, hunches over. And it's just a complete, it's an incredible performance you know he he literally does i think it's an oscar worthy performance christopher reeve as superman 
and you actually see the scale and the difference and the wonder. You know, that's how how different this person is. That's what I love about Superman is he's an alien. You know, it's like he's otherworldly. That's how incredible it is to have these powers. It's not even of this earth, of this world. I love it. So I don't know if that's on Netflix, but hey, type in Superman 1977 online free. Is it 1977? Hang on. I got to find out. Richard Donner. Richard Donner Superman. 1978. Fuck. 1978. Um, incredible film. Definitely check it out. Best. It'll probably be Superman. Both Avengers. And then X-Men 2. No, maybe Logan. No, X-Men 2. Then maybe Logan. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Um, but look, hey, I didn't even plan on talking about Superman. Let's, let's look in the news. Hey, guys, you see the bloody uh, leave insert orals have been cancelled? Huh? The leave insert orals. They just get a pass. An entire generation are going to miss out on the biggest clangor of their educational system when they go in and to their French oral and start dropping a couple of auguses in there. A couple of auguses in there for the French oral. You're there, you know. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Jésus uh, le foot, uh, auguste. Oh, uh, clangor, clangor. Uh, je mange uh, pan. August, ah, clangor, oh my god. You see, you see your bloody best degree slipping through your hands, like sands, like the sands of time. You blimped it. August, oh, oh no, oh, you wither, you wither like the end of, uh, <laughs> you go in there, you're like, je joue le foot, August, and you just wither away like your man at the end of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Drinking from the, drinking from the, whatever, what's it called? The Holy Grail. <gasps> August, oh. You know, tell you, I went in there, you know, you know me, right? Uh, as I established on my, on the bonus podcast, I am a rocker. Right? I have a history of being an old school rocker and contrarian. So I go in there and they'd be saying in French, uh, oh, hey, um, what's, what, uh, what, what sport do you play? Right? And I'd be like, I don't play sport. I listen to music. I'd say, Je n'aime pas jouer foot, mais j'aime la musique rock. And they'd be like, whoa, glasses fogging up. This guy is really cool. He just said to me, he doesn't play football. He listens to rock music, this cunt. Je n'aime pas jouer foot, mais j'aime la musique rock. And they'd be like, ouais? And I'd be like, oh, where? J'aime le groupe de rock comme uh, les Beatles, les Smashing Pumpkins, les Funeral for a Friend, les Limbiscotti, et, uh, et Dr. Dre, et Snoopy Dog, <laughs> and then just keep going until they stop you. You're like, I'm just going to fucking list off bands as long as I can before this cunt makes me speak another word of French. So bloody you got a whole generation missing out on that august clanger
Um, I remember this is what this is what we used to do for fun, right? Me and my mate Carlo, my, my mate Carlo had this genius thing. Remember those? If you're of my generation, look at old old man. Look at my life. Uh, we had um, for your aural, right? You had uh, a CD, a CD that came with your your textbook that had kind of you know beep and all that, right? Um, but my mate Carlo, he got a compass and scratched his disc, right? Because he had one that had, he got one second hand and the disc was scratched. And I'm not fucking messing when I'm ge- and like genuinely the biggest laughs of my entire life. Hey, Darren Garrahy, when you ask me this, this is going to be my answer. When you have me on your pod, the laughs of your life. This is the biggest laugh of my life. When he had this CD and it was scratched and it would skip. So it was like, <laughs> just liquid and it would just skip this gibberish Irish and we used to sit in his shed and drink cans and listen to this for hours screw do paper top screw do pit liquid bay tune oh my god it was so because oh <laughs> we were there scratching our discs so we could get a similar it was so anyway I'm not getting sad about it and it turned out look I was doing pass Irish anyway and I did fucking shite in my arrow and I'll tell you why not my fault even though I didn't practice with the scratched disc you know I didn't practice I'll tell you why because on the fucking day of my arrow they didn't have a CD they had the one on tape and they brought out this fucking boom box from 1982 with, with the bass turned up to high and they had it up and it was like <laughs> So I can't hear it. <laughs> so I can't hear it. People seeing their doctorates slip away. There was a guy who was resitting the leave insert because he had gotten 590 instead of 600. And now he's. Beep. <laughs> Best days of your life. Um. Anyway, move me shiting on. How about we have episode two, guys? You were enjoying you were enjoying episode one. You did enjoy episode one of my American teen comedy drama inspired by my youth. Uh, this is episode two of the Adventures of Boner in The Frigid. See you around, Tiger. That's what she said, man. Oh god. I have to see her again. Jesus Boner. What are you, a bloody car air freshener? Because you're pining after this girl. You need to let that gob paddle loose and lose your virginity. I've already met the whole of 20 Colleen Jassa, and it's only the second day of the Young Scientist competition, bro. I know, fuckler. I just think she's the one, you know? She's cool, she's smart, she loves Final Fantasy VII, and she knows as much about spiders as I do. Not to mention the fact she looks exactly like Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy. Look, bro. I'm going to do you a favor. 
This place is full of tongue-sucking slappers that'll be more than happy to take that virginity. Look, let's go to the Young Scientist Disco tonight. I'll find you a nice Eastern European chick and you can put all this shit behind you. I don't know, fuckler. And don't call them slappers, don't. Don't you talk about girls that way. But I don't know, man. Look, if I was you, Boner, I wouldn't want my first meat to be shite. Hmm. I suppose. Oh, look, no, this is stupid. Fine, fuckler. I'll go. If it'll shut you up, you scallywag. Welcome to the Young Scientist Disco. You think you're all so fucking smart? Well, can you fucking go? Jesus, this preteen disco's fucking wild. Hey, tiger. <laughs> Buffy! Hi, how are you? I'm good. I was dragged here by my friend. To be honest, this music's not really my scene. Look, I know it's dumb, but I'd love, love if they, they just played, played some, some fucking, I don't know, Cindy Lauper or some shit. Whoa, you're a Cindy Lauper Lula. Guilty. Okay, how about this? You go get us a drink, and I'll have a word with the DJ. Uh, deal. All right, you little Einstein conscious. Are you just gonna pair up? Or do you think you're better off alone? Here we go. Right. Oh, here's the bar. Boner, bro. There you are. Look, gotta introduce you to my new pals. This is Gashnuska, and this is Vianetta. They're from Eastern Europe or something. And between you and me, bro, they're DTM. Down to meat, if you know what I mean. Look at the size of the tongue on Vianetta. It's very nice for me to Boner. Very nice. Yours is Gashnuska. She doesn't really speak English, but don't worry. I've discussed your predicament, and she's more than happy to help. Fuckler, honestly, I'm not interested. I'm just here to grab a cadet cola, and I'm going to go back the to... The name's Foxstein. Anyway, you two lovebirds, go ahead and hit it off. See you later, boner. What? You're just going to... Hi. Yes, um, uh, very nice to meet you. Uh, look, yeah, look, it's really nice to meet you, but... Hey, look, whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? Look, no, look, there's, there's a girl over there who had really... Lo- hey, whoa, whoa, that's my cheek. Listen, look, you're, you're, you're beautiful and everything, but this girl, you know, her, her name is... Buffy? Oh, okay. Um, you seem kind of busy, Boner. I'm gonna go... I told you, this place isn't really my scene. No, honestly, it's not what it looks like. I... Buffy, no, please. Oh, there you are, babe. I've been looking for you everywhere. Here, do you want to see me fuck the Kit Kat vending machine out the window? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Bye, boner. Buffy, I... That boner, huh? Poor boner. Will he ever get the meat? Find out next week, maybe. They take longer to write than you than you think, and edit. That's why they're so good. Um. So yeah, you guys been watching Tiger King? What a fucking show. I kind of knew about Tiger King. I'd heard about Tiger King. I'd heard the name Joe Exotic before. I'm going to be talking about Tiger King for the next whatever, 15 to 20. So that's, if you've not seen it, I'll try not spoil too much. I might just talk about some of the characters. But to be perfectly honest, it is just, huh, who am I screaming? Uh, it's just unbelievable. I'd heard about Joe Exotic. I'm just going to talk about it. So, you know. 
if you, I'd, I'd recommend I'd recommend watching it. I'd, I think once you've kind of watched maybe even two or three episodes, I'm not going to give too much away in terms of uh, spoilers. But if you start hearing stuff that you don't like, you know, you're a fucking grown up, whatever. Swap the wires in your headphones. Say back to me, hey, I don't want to hear that. And then get out of the podcast. Um, I'd heard about this Joe Exotic guy because uh, my wife is a true crime nut. She loves her true crime. She loves her My Favorite Murder podcast. She loves, you know, all... She loves all the, all the true crime stuff. And, you know, I, you know, I like... Uh, I don't mind, I don't mind a, go- a good true crime documentary. Give me the jinx, which I've possibly said before on this podcast, is, has the single best... Single, single most shocking <gasps> ending uh, of any TV thing I've ever seen. Single one of the most shocking moments of TV I've ever seen is the last ten minutes of the Jinx. But don't skip ahead if you're watching it. Um, I liked making a murder. You know, I found that very interesting. Wasn't as much into the second thing, you know, because it didn't make it a murder. You know, it's like the first episode. You realize, oh my god, the first episode is teeing up this incredible podcast. Podcast, fucking not podcast, fucking show. Leave it, Gary. Um. Like the first episode of Making a Murderer, you're like, oh, well, that was a nice hour of something. Wow. And then you're, what the fuck? And it blows it wide open, right? Love it. Just tell him you didn't do it, Brandon. Just tell him you didn't do it. Huh? It's me, Jordan Peterson. Just tell him you didn't do it, Brandon. Huh? Clean your room. Huh? Clean your, stand up straight. Clean your room. Eat meat. Go to rehab. Um, it's my Jordan Peterson. See, I can do an incredible impression. Tony, what impressions do you do? I do want to Skype. And I do want a Jordan Peterson. Clean your room. Ah, oh, stand up straight. Ah. Oh. Um, what was I talking about? Just tell him you didn't do it, Brandon. So I'm not a big. Oh, I'll tell you this, all right. Here's a little hilarious. I have a bad habit of making this joke, and I'll tell you this, it never lands. It is, it's kind of a back pocket clanger, guaranteed, right? Guaranteed clanger. Say if you're offering someone something, I don't know why I do it, but I do it all the time. If someone says, or say, yeah, say someone says, uh, hey, would you like, um, would you like an ice cream? And someone says, ah, you know, no, I'm, I'm not a big ice cream guy. I say, well, it'd be terrifying if you were. And they're like, what? A big ice cream, a big ice cream guy. And they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I do it all the time. Like visually, like, you know, like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Big ice cream man made of ice cream. And I say it all the time. And I can't stop. And people are like, what? Oh, <laughs> that's as much as it gets. Hey, um. I'm going to make a, a baked potato. Do you want a baked potato? Roast potato. Uh, no, no, I'm not a big baked potato guy. be terrifying if you were. What? Oh. <laughs> mm. Guaranteed back pocket clanger. I'm putting a fry on. Do you want a sausage? Ah, uh, not a big sausage guy. be terrifying if you were. Clanger. So, um, what was I saying? Yeah, I'm not a big... True crime, not be terrifying if it was. Uh, but this, this is like the, the 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 cast of characters in this. So let me let me paint the picture for you here. 
This documentary, Tiger King, um, is uh, basically follows this guy, Joe Exotic. My name's Joe Exotic. I'm from Oklahoma. This guy from Oklahoma, right? This guy is a mullet rockin', gun toting, polyamorous, gay collector and breeder of massive jungle cats, wildlife cats. Like, and also he's got absolutely unbelievable bangers about tigers, which unfortunately, as it turns out, if you have watched the, the, the documentary, he doesn't sing. I don't know if he writes them. Maybe he writes them, but he doesn't, um, he doesn't sing them, you know, but he's got an unbelievable banger about a tiger. And the whole story goes is Joe, Ex- Joe, Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic is a guy who basically uh, founded uh, a, a private, because apparently it's legal. It's just legal to sell fucking massive, you know, massive cats, massive big cats, your tigers, your lions, your leopards. Um, so he basically bought and started breeding. Apparently was known as the... the uh, like a tycoon of breeding cats. But like you see some of the footage and it's like, now I'll say this as well, he's not, a, he's not a good guy, right? He's a sketchy dude, but he's just unbelievable in that you can't fathom someone like this uh, exists. And you see him kind of, you know, some of the babies, literally like the, the baby is still wet from coming out of the man. And he's like you know, taking it under a, a fairly jagged chain link fence. There's some, there's some harrowing footage on it, right? But he's an unbelievable, like you can't fathom this guy exists. This guy has at one had at one at uh, one stage two hundred uh, cats, like tigers, lions, ligers that he was breeding together, right, on in this ranch in Oklahoma, uh, GW Ranch, right, and uh, basically he's trying to be shut down by this other park by this other woman called Carol Baskin, right? Carol Baskin is um, this widower or widow rather who uh, had set up like a jungle cat-themed B&B and then had gone into rehoming cats that had been, you know, mistreated or bred in captivity and were lost and basically set up this big cat rescue thing with the money that she got after her husband mysteriously died, right, and potentially she killed, right? So you first you're following this thing, and it's like, oh my god, Joe is a bit of a dickhead here. He's breeding these cats. You shouldn't be doing that. But it, it takes it takes a fairly unbiased stance on that. That's what's so good about it. You can kind of get on Joe's side. You can kind of get on Carol's side. But you you know it's whether you as a person, d- d- you know, think it's think it's fair that you should be breeding that many cats in captivity, you know. Um, but anyway, Carol Baskin, for whatever reason, Joe believes that it's she is jealous of his popularity. He's a bit of a narcissist, right? He has his own web TV show. Uh, he, that kind of he's trying to turn into this kind of like media center, right? Um, you know, he's got people following around with cameras the whole time. He wants to be a reality TV star. You know, he has his face on underwear that he sells in his gift shop that apparently is the most popular item in, in, the, in the zoo, uh, and Carol Baskin's trying to shut it down. Her reason, she says, is that she doesn't believe animals should be being bred in captivity and they need to stop it. Um, now, that would put her zoo in a very prime position because she doesn't breed them. She takes all the animals in. 
So she's trying to basically, so she's basically trying to shut down all the other zoos, which have, which are, and you see all these motherfuckers who collect tigers and lions and jungle cats. You know, it, it's in, and and to be fair, like part of the what's appealing about the documentary is you're seeing a lot of tiger cubs, and you're seeing a lot of uh, lion cubs and tigers, and they're just unreal to look at. Like I get it, I get it. I get the appeal of hanging around tigers. Like, they're all just obsessed with hanging around. And, like, there's just the characters in this. Like, overall, just, it's an incredible documentary because I think it's just, it it just is, it just gets America. It just, it just shows the, le- just the level of crazy extremes of, of America. It shows the extremes in politics. It shows the extremes in what what money can do for you and literally what that can buy for you the whole idea of complete freedom and you know standing ground and uh just religion and guns and well not really religion but you know all of the it just it's incredible but the characters in this are what make this show the other lads who are into these cats right it's full of it's it's so insane right that the only two people that seem normal in it are one person who had her arm ripped off by a tiger and another fella who is actually Tony Montana from Scarface. How is it you have a documentary that has 10 characters that are so fucking unbelievable that the only ones who actually seem real are literally Tony Montana and and a woman who had her arm ripped off by a tiger who went back to work two weeks later? I mean, these are just... these are And the people who work in the in in the zoo are the sort of people who, like, ran away to the circus, you know, just couldn't find that life. The guy who ends up running the zoo answered an ad on Craigslist and then just stayed for, like, 20 years or whatever it is. Um, and even the person who you think, oh, I get it, Joe Exotic is a guy who is doing something illicit. He is, you know, uh, exploiting cats. He is exploiting people. Um, and then this Carol Baskin comes along, and you're like, oh, I get it. And then you're like, no way. You're kind of greedy. You don't come across very well, and you may have fed your husband to a tiger. That's insane. But I tell you what, this lad, I'm going to tell you about this lad, Doc Antle, right? Doc Bagavan. Bagavan Antle, right? Who I saw, which we shared there. I think Julie J shared a picture on her Instagram there of Doc Antle on the set of um, I'm a Slave for You, Britney Spears. This was the go to animal handler guy, right? And he's got this long hair. He has this goatee. He kind of looks like one of the guys, the developers of Doom, right? John Carmack, I think. That's a niche reference. No one's going to get... You're going to probably know Doc Antle sooner than you know John Carmack, but whatever. Um, But uh, this guy, basically, is running a cult on his tiger park. So you got the guy. So you got Joe Exotic, who has his own zoo. You got the actual Tony Montana, right? From Scarface, who actually seems like a fairly nice guy. Um, and you've got this guy, Doc Antle, right? Other people as well. But this guy, Doc Antle as well, he's got this massive tiger park. Um, and he has six wives, right? All of which have to call him Bhagavan, which means Lord, right? The working conditions seem fairly tough. Um, and you know what? Listen, the guy's a creep, okay? So I'm going to preface what I'm going to say here. If I say, look, the guy's a creep. A lot of the girls that... He's got six wives, right? A lot of them he met when they came to his tiger park to work when they were like 18 or 19, right? 
then he married them. Right? So look, clearly influential on young women. The working conditions sound tough. You know, it looks like you got these women. He's got his six wives working 16 hours a day, not to mention the other people in this park. And I was watching it with Terry, and she was like, oh, such a creep, isn't he? That's so disgusting. And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. <clears throat> yep. Creep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, chap has hundreds of tigers, is referred to as God, lives in a separate mansion than his six other wives. I can't even sit on a different fucking couch in my house, right? But yeah, he's a creep. Yeah, he is a creep. I know he's a creep. And I know I don't want his life. But, you know. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. But. He, I'm just saying. This guy. He lives on a. He lives on an acre farm. With 200 tigers. Everyone calls him God. And he's got six wives. Yes, he's a creep. But. You know? Anyway. Um, he's an interesting guy. Interesting guy. But apparently the guy's fucking euthanizing tigers. Spoiler alert. Didn't give you a spoiler alert. Apparently he's killing tigers. So he's actually... He's, he is an asshole. I forgot about that. He is an asshole. He seems like an asshole anyway. And he seems like this kind of... Like even in the interview, he's like... You're trying to make me sound like a cult and I don't want to talk. Like you just shut down. You know? Anyway, some people shut down very confidently. Like, like Quentin Tarantino, I'm shutting your ass down because I don't want to talk about that. I am shutting your ass down and just making anyone look like that who, and, you know, and that kind of false confidence. Hey, I don't know why you're being so weird. I'm just asking. Like, I don't want to talk about it. So let's talk about something else. You know, when people, you know, sometimes people can't pull it off. Like Jordan Peterson, when he shut down an interview. Well, I think women wear makeup because it looks like they're pussy. Their face, they're trying to make their faces look like pussies. You know? Well, they wear makeup to become attractive to to men in the workplace. Um, in that case, you know, you're like, you know, when you're, I'm shutting your ass. It's not the same kind of, thing. this guy, Doc Antley, he seems quite good at shutting people down, which is difficult. You know, if you can't fucking have a community, if you can't talk about this, you know, what kind of, how, how liberated are these women who are his wives? It looks creepy. It doesn't look like it's all their choice. And one of them actually escaped and said that it was fairly culty. You know, so look, he's a creepy guy and he euthanizes tigers. Not even euthanized, just fucking kills tigers when they get too big to, uh, to be cubs because he gets people. And I get it. No, I don't get I don't get that. I'm not get that. But I get the appeal of the tigers. And I'll tell you this, when VR gets good enough and I get to live in a world where I have, I'm living on a farm, there's 200 fucking nalas running around, right? A few little uh, gadgets. You know, the hot one from Chippendale, uh, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Um, and a few Lola bunnies out in the fucking carts. Then I will become the Bhagavan of the CCF Cartoon Cat Friends Ranch. And I'm never going to fucking unplug. Huh? I'll be selling my blood to rich men. I'll be on a fucking drip. Just selling my blood. Just saying, never let me out of this chair. Put the goggles on me. Never let me out. And just have my have have messages be sent through Nala's. Nala's will tell me your mother was wondering where you are. If you're all right, Nala, tell her email back that I'm grand. I'm never leaving the CCF ranch. All right. So I get it. <laughs> um, speaking of VR, I mean, I, I did kind of say it there, right? People say the Matrix, right, is is totally could never happen, right? 
there's people on the black market now in the dark web. Sell, young guys basically selling their blood to old crazy men. Because these actual, actual vampires, actual old men who are vampires buying young people's blood. You know, it's now a kind of trade situation. But who's to say that in the future? I mean, that the Half-Life Alex game just came out. Fucking tens across the board. Groundbreaking VR. The most incredible. You know, who's to say that, you know, in a couple of years time, five years time, we're not going to have VR that's as good as life, if not better. People are just going to log into that, hooked up to some sort of blood drip, getting a transfusion, giving some LLAD, uh, another release on life, while they literally are giving their blood, being sucked dry by the system. You know? Anyway, that's that. And if Carol Baskin tries to take my Nala's away, she better fucking, she better come with a fucking, you know. I better come with a fucking, I'm, you can't see it, but I'm miming that I'm holding the gun. Um, there's a couple of other characters in this. Um, so Joe Exotic also has two husbands. Then eventually becomes three. And you got Travis and John, uh, who you just see, again, you kind of get the vibe that it's like Bhagavan, you know, Bhagavan Antle, that they just got swept up in the love of the tigers. And this guy who can, I mean, look, he's going in there and he's wrestling with tigers. That's impressive. Now, they do get a bit lippy and then, you know, when Lippy is one thing, one of them tries to fucking kill him and he shoots it. Fucking horrible stuff. So they're all fairly, they're all fairly flawed people. That's what's so interesting about it, you know. Um, but as for, you know, his husbands, right, you think, right, they're kind of young kids that get swept up in it. They see a guy going in there wrestling tigers. That seems really strong. They're young, impressionable, probably left their city because they were gay and, you know, they didn't feel like they had the community. Then this guy is like a larger than life Fairly enigmatic, you know, people did like him in the community and liked the zoo. And, you know, he did put himself front and center about this. Um, but then the biggest twist, well, one of the biggest twists, both of them weren't gay. Neither of them were gay. They were meth addicts. And Joe was keeping them in weed and meth. And they were just, just married him. Just so like it, it really touches on kind of some of the most extreme parts of America. The kind of meth addiction, the freedom. One of the guys, right? Because Joe basically keeps saying about how he wants to kill Carol Baskin. He's going on his green screen TV show. In fact, I did think recently when I was doing my morning stream, get up to fuck my green screen, and I had a cardboard cutout essentially of Neve Kavanagh in Eurovision 1993 winner Neve Kavanagh when I was doing a fake car, you know, bus lane karaoke thing. And the whole, the whole thing is that, you know, it's like the, the idea, which I think is a genius idea and a very funny sketch. If I do, if I can pat myself on the back, there's a little Momoa, Momoa popping in there, giving myself a compliment. Um, but the whole premise is it's bus lane karaoke. You're not supposed to be driving in a bus lane. That's your taxi or a bus. So the whole thing is we're singing a song up until a bus crashes into us. That's what we do every week. So that could look like I'm, I want Neve Cavanaugh to be involved in a bus crash, which I don't. So the whole thing is that Joe Exotic, I'm not like Joe Exotic. I'm just saying how it might seem, how it might look. Joe Exotic is on his TV show that he's putting out to whatever, his live stream show that he put out to 80 people per night, sounding how he wants to kill Carol Baskin and all these animal rights people. But then he kind of gets recorded saying how he wants to kill Carol Baskin. And that's how, again, a little twist, he's put in fucking prison. He gets done for it. He gets done. As well, so Carol Baskin is suing him. He's running out of money. He starts looking for investment. Gets this guy Jeff Lowe to come along. This guy Jeff Lowe. What a 
I mean, he just seems like the most fake, vacuous. Apparently, he's a guy, so he, he, he pretends like he's worth millions. Apparently, he's worth fuck all. He's a con man. And he cons Joe into signing over the deeds of the zoo to him because he kind of shows off like he's this big Las Vegas kind of guy. He gets involved in threesomes. He gets tiger cubs off Joe so he can lure women into sleeping with him and his wife. And he's just the scummiest guy. Wears a doe rag, a cap. Looks about 70, right? And, um, and so then he brings in, so he gets over, the, he gets the zoo, brings in this other guy, Alan Glover, who is the scariest guy I've ever seen in my life. Like genuinely, like he's seen and done some shit, but he's shaved his head. He looks also about 80. He looks about 80, but you know when people like old men shave their head and you're like, because you don't have any gray, I don't know how old you are. But he has a teardrop. And because he has a teardrop, Joe thought he murdered someone. And so it's presented that he got this guy, Alan Glover, to go down to Florida and to kill Carol Baskin. That's the kind of core of what this uh, show's about. But, um, oh, but also... See, um, in the, the other thing about America, this motherfucker runs. If this is the most American thing you've ever heard in your life, right? This guy, this guy, I keep saying this guy, Joe Exotic, runs for president. And his campaign manager is the fucking cashier at the ammo desk of Walmart. Is that not the most American thing you've ever heard in your life? So he gets this guy who is a libertarian. To who Joe has no political ideology, no political beliefs, whatever, but he just believes that he should run for president because fucking why not? Uh, so he runs as a libertarian, piggybacking off this guy who was a cashier at Walmart. Not to say that he's not capable, but he's just fucking not capable. I will say it then. But he gets chatting to him about politics. Joe's like, I like what you're saying. This me, Joe, Joe Exotic, Joe Exotic. I like what you're, you're going to be my campaign manager. So he hires this guy out of Walmart to spend the whole time at the zoo running his presidential campaign. And apparently he's hemorrhaging all the money out of the zoo, which means this guy, Jeff Lowe, gets to come in and basically take it from under him. So it's unreal. I mean, honestly, it's, a, it's, it's in terms of this whole, and I've said it before, I, I literally just said it a second ago, but in terms of study of America, you know, it's got the guns, it's got the liberty, it's got... Uh, it's got the politics. It's got if you got enough money, you can get whatever the fuck you want, you know. And the lobbyists, like this guy Bhagavan Doc Antle, is going up to Washington with tiger cubs, letting governors and senators play with them, so that they don't vote against this Tiger Act, which Carol Baskin's trying to bring in, which means that you can't uh, potentially breed tigers in the wild. Great documentary. I loved it. My partner Terry and I. We're enamored. We were blown away. We give it five rars. Not stars. Um, as well as that, uh, as well as that, I watched Ocean's Eleven. Great flick. My little short review of that. Great flick. Nice seeing the lads. Nice seeing uh, Daddy Nespresso. Which, you know, I find it... Look, we are going to make a book. I've done my share of Spawn Con clones. Right? Martin Clunes. A.K.A. George Clooney. I've done, we've all done our share of Spawn Con, man. But you got to drop those Nespresso. I mean, that is, they are Nestle, aren't they? 
Nespresso, Nestle. Is it the same? I mean, yeah, Nestle, Nespresso, of course. I thought maybe that might be an obvious one that actually isn't the case, but yeah. You've got the guy, the head of Nestle, saying that in this most Werner Herzog, well, I believe that people who are cannot afford water is a way of seeing that, um, is a way of uh, evolution telling us that these people should not have access to water. Insane! So why are you clones, Mr. Humanitarian? Anyway, aside from that, Brad Pitt is a little dote in this. He's gorgeous. He's eating all the time. Matt Damon's a little softy in it, as a little pickpocket, as a little, like, you know, fifle, you know, a little street urchin vibe, you know? Um, you got the bad Affleck in this one. Uh, you know, you got uh, Ross and Monica's da. Uh, Andy Garcia, who is actually class in Godfather 3. It's just such a shame. It's such a shit film. You know, he plays uh, Sonny Corleone's son. He's great in it. He's great in this. Uh, I, it's just a great flick. And it's nice seeing it's fairly smug, but not so smug. You know, heist movies are always smug. This one isn't that smug. Um, it's a fun flick, fun romp. Nice seeing attractive people do successful things. Then I watched Oceans, so I give it five stars. Um, five gold stars because of casinos. Um, and I give it five uh, spades. Five aces. Um, anyway, then uh, then I watch Oceans 12, right? Not a great flick. Not great, right? Andy Garcia rocks up wearing a cape and a cane. He has gone full pantomime villain. It's insane. He's got like skinny little glasses. Because they rob him. They rob him in the first one, right? Successfully. You know. And it's a lot of fun twists and capers. That's what I like. I love the cape. I love the classics. We've got to get the team together. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we do it. Oh, no, wait. We didn't tell you everything. This was actually part of the plan all along. Love it, right? That's what I love. The second one, though, there, it's kind of like Euro Trip meets Ocean's 12. Don Cheadle's still doing his, oh, governor, shine your shoes, mate. I'm not going up an apple in pace. Worst accent ever. And he can do good accents. I've seen him in Hotel Rwanda. Are you a Hutu? Or a... No, I'm not doing the accent. Sorry, I'm not doing the accent. I forget. I forget the ones you're not allowed to do and the ones you are allowed to do. You're not allowed to do the ones you are doing. Um, and he, he anyway. Um, but he's not great in this. Ocean's 12, right? An actual plot line. I couldn't... I couldn't believe this. I just thought, no, you're not allowed to do this. Julie Roberts is in it, right? Also, I should say at the end of Ocean's Eleven, why is she getting back with Danny Ocean, right? Obviously, he's George Clunes, Martin Clunes. He's a hot guy. I get that. Why is she getting back with him? Andy Garcia looks like he's treating her well. He basically says to Andy Garcia, I'll give you your money back if you lose your, if you, if you drop Julie Roberts. And he's like, yeah. And then he sends that fudge to Julie Roberts. Martin Clunes does. And um, and she's like, oh, I get it now. I'm going to be with you, Danny. And like almost like I'm enamored with you. Don't forget that you left Danny Ocean for a reason. All right. You left Danny Ocean because he was casing up these joints more than he loved you. Right. And now because he shows you that your current boyfriend doesn't love you that much, you're going to go back with him. What's this fucking Stockholm syndrome? Stock Syn Stockholm syndrome is 11. More like. 
So I didn't like that. But anyway, the next one starts. And a plot, an actual plot point of Ocean's 12 is, right? Most of the lads get, get locked away. And they're trying to rob this place in Italy, right? Um, because they have to get the money back, right? Long story short, right? Not a great film. But one of the plot points is, right? Matt Damon and one of the other brothers and whatever, three of the lads who aren't been locked up decide, right, we still have to steal this Fabergé egg. How are we going to do it? So Matt Damon has a plan to bring Julie Roberts in, Julie Roberts' character in this, Tess, right? And the plot is they bring her in to pretend to be Julia Roberts. Sorry, what? Like, I know this, this thing already kind of blurs the lines between you have Topher Grace doing two hilarious back-to-back performances of being a kind of petulant version of himself, you know? It's funny. He's good in this. So you kind of get that there are actors in this world. But sorry. So they do a whole thing where they dress her up like Julia Roberts, pregnant, right? And like put a pillow under her so people think she's Julia Roberts so that she can get close to this Fabergé egg and they can steal it. Sorry, what? Matt Damon is standing right beside you. And then you've got George Clooney in this. You've got like, this couldn't be more star studded. What kind of world is this? So what? Now, it's even more meta where, like, what, is Julie Roberts the only actor in the world? And then Bruce Willis is like, hey, you're Julia Roberts. I know you. You're my friend. And he's playing himself. Then she gets starstruck with him. I I tapped out. I thought, this is bollocks. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can have people play themselves if you don't think about it too much. But you can't have someone, oh, did you know you look exactly like Julia Roberts? No. Not having it. And as a result, I'm unfortunately having to give this, I haven't given this, I'm having to give this film three clubs the worst uh, suit. Right. So there you have it. Anyway, loads of flicks on Netflix. <laughs> and I'm enjoying watching all. I realize there's so many films I haven't seen. I've seen a lot of flicks. A lot of flicks I haven't seen. Um, so there you have it. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably ended a bit of a fucking low note, whatever. Deal with it. Can you handle it? Michelle, can you handle this? Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. I really have enjoyed talking to you. And I look, I love people getting in touch, sharing that they're like listening to the show. And if you're giving uh, to, uh, if you're very generously uh, uh, donating to the Patreon uh, in exchange for bonus episodes, I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. I will, of course, thank you on the Patreon. Last week's episode is out. There's already two bonus episodes out there. One is a Q&A. One is me talking about my emo rocker days and uh, listing off my top five emo bangers. That's on the Patreon if you want to listen to that. To play us out, though, I am going to play the winner of the Bonus Cantwell theme song. That's the name of the bonus podcast. Bonus Cantwell. uh, Sorry, but the Bonus Cantwell, whatever. Shut up. The winner of Best Theme Song. There was a competition we did on the Patreon so that you can replace the theme song with a new theme song. Whatever. New theme song competition. And the winner was Tristan Carroll. Tristan Carroll. The music, the official music man who comes from far away. What do you play? That was really nice. I'm a really good singer. Uh, this is almost unlistenable. This is an insane episode. Uh, but Tristan Carroll, who uh, submitted two podcast themes, um, and this was one of them. So this is going to play us out. In the meantime, guys, be safe to each other. Look out for each other. Stay away if you need to stay away. And I'll be right 
here, pointing at your heart. Bye-bye. Shoot your